This is the Yoga Off the Mat podcast, a space you can learn how to deepen your connection with yourself, to live a fulfilled, passionate, and authentic life using the lessons from the mat. I'm your guide, host, and teacher, Amber Hackberg, and I'm here to inspire you to take time for yourself so that you can embody the practice of yoga and live your yoga on and off the mat. Hello and welcome back to the Yoga Off the Mat podcast with Amber Hagwork. This is episode number nine. Lately, we have been getting into the thick of it. By the thick of it, I mean just sharing with you more about my story. And the reason I think that this really relates is it walks you into my world, how I got to where I am, and shows you that there's your story, your way. And that's my goal, to share with you ways in which I got to where I am to help navigate you to get to where you're going. In today's episode, I'm going to share something with you that's near and dear to my heart and something that I find every single woman that I work with struggles with or has struggled with. And if they haven't themselves personally, they've certainly met someone who has. I want to hear from you. Post on Instagram or Facebook. Send me an email, amberhagberg or amberhagberg at gmail.com and let me know if this is something that you're working on, you've worked with, or something that you know others struggle with. I want to hear from you. Body image. Have you ever wished your body was different than it was? Have you ever been addicted to being healthy or eating ways in which that didn't serve you, that didn't support you, didn't support you? Today I'm going to share with you how I got to where I am with my body and give you some tips to love your body, your journey, and where you are. Let's dive in. Body image. Mm. Where? Where along the way did I start to not love and appreciate my body as it was given to me? The sad part is it goes all the way back to the time when I was 14 years old and my stepsister caught me wearing her clothes to school because while she was older than me and she had way cuter clothes in her wardrobe than I did, I snuck in there and I stole, bad on me, not practicing a stea. Um, Actually, I want to go, I want to correct myself. I was 12 years old. Just hitting puberty, my boobs were starting to grow, and she called me a fat ass. I'll never forget it. It stuck in my head, and it really hurt. I was starting to gain weight because I was beginning my menstrual cycle. I had no idea what or why. And when I started my cycle, this is when I rebelled. I rebelled against the abuse I was getting physically, mentally, and emotionally from my stepmom. And I moved out. I didn't know it then, but that's when I found my voice and my ability to stand up for myself. And I said, no more. I moved in with my mom. 
So living with my dad and my crazy stepmom, I was sheltered. I wasn't allowed to have friends. I wasn't allowed to have sleepovers. I wasn't allowed to see people outside of school. I wasn't allowed to eat certain things. I was only allowed to eat certain things. And I was forced to eat foods I didn't like, sometimes until I threw up. My relationship was with food was you eat everything on your plate, whether you like it or not, whether you're full or hungry. I didn't have a good learning lesson or experience with food. So I went from really being sheltered into what and how I ate to moving in with my step, my, my mom, moving away from my stepmom and at the age of puberty, when our bodies are fluctuating to the extreme, Um, My mom didn't have any rules. I was able to drink or eat whatever I want, whenever I want. So I swung super hard. And not to mention, my dad was dying of cancer. Leaving him, moving out of his house was the hardest thing I ever had to do in my life. But I couldn't stay where I was, living with her. It was horrible. And so I was in a lot of pain. I didn't talk to my dad for over a year. And... I was eating like crazy. Needless to say, I gained about 30 pounds. And in high school, <laughs> that's not an easy place to be heavy set. I remember people walking down the hallways saying earthquake under their breath or saying mean, mean things to me. I remember trying out for track and the coach saying, you should probably wear two or three sports bras or you might knock yourself out because my boobs were so big. Let's just say my self-esteem and my body image was shit. (laughs) It's really sad, right? Like 12, 13, 14 years old and you have no role models, no support, and you're just trying to become a woman with nothing. It was terrible. It really was. And I remember um, when I was 17, I was rebuilding the relationship I had with my dad. And he told me, if you lose weight, I'll buy you a whole new wardrobe. Hello, girl in high school, brand new wardrobe? I would have done anything. I wasn't taught what it meant to exercise or eat well or undereat. No one told me anything. So I was like, okay. I started exercising and undereating to the point where at one of my first jobs, I blacked out and fainted. And they had to carry me into the back because I was so under um, eating. I was deprived of nutrients. I was starving myself and I didn't even know it. Needless to say, I lost weight. I got the new wardrobe and I started eating again. I had a new boyfriend and he was really supportive and he loved me as I was. And so I was eating and eating and eating and I started to gain some weight back. The good news is I found yoga about when I was 18, so one year later. And the best part about yoga was there was no judgment. I could do yoga, and it wasn't about being a certain size. Now, granted, I do know in the United States this is a a challenging topic because yoga is fantasized and put onto the covers of magazines as, you know, skinny, fit, Um, blonde girls, or at least that's what it seems. And so for me, at least I had this idea that I wasn't going to be judged and that yoga welcomed me, heavy or not. And I started practicing yoga and I started thinking a lot less about my body size. And I started thinking and learning more about healthy. 
I started eating less processed foods and just began practicing yoga and accepting myself as I was, which was a great experience. I was really learning to just trust my body. And for many years, it was just, okay, yoga is going to bring me to my most healthy body, my most healthy, like, way in which I am. And then we'll fast forward to when I moved to Costa Rica, um, I had gained some weight because we were traveling a lot. We were eating on the road. I I wasn't doing as much um, yoga asana. I wasn't moving my body as much. And I remember my boyfriend grabbed my stomach. I had started to get rolls (laughs) and it triggered me so much that I started doing high intensity training And at this point, um, living in Costa Rica where the food is fresh, I was eating all healthy, organic fruits and vegetables. I wasn't living in the States eating a bunch of processed foods or going out to eat um, and eating these massive meals. And I was losing weight, losing weight, losing weight. And I loved the feedback that I was getting from everyone. Um, I was healthy at this time. I was eating really well. I was only exercising like 30 30 minutes out of the day. Um, And I was like the fittest I had ever been. And it wasn't that I wasn't in shape. You know, people would tell me, wow, you're, you're looking so good. You've got the best body. I was getting so many compliments. The problem wasn't with my exercise, with my food. It was with my mindset. It, it didn't matter. I still wanted to be smaller and smaller and thinking that I could get fitter and fitter and every little bit of like fat that I had on my body, which was like next to none, I was like, how can I get rid of this? What can I do? And so it was the mind obsession that I had that was the problem. It wasn't my exercise. It wasn't my food. It was the way in which I was thinking about my body. And after I had the miscarriage and I left my ex-boyfriend, I went into this space where I became obsessed with coconut water fasting, fruit fasting, intermittent fasting, restricting carbs, I became orthorexic and I didn't know that that was a thing, but I was addicted to being healthy. I spent one month where I didn't eat any sugar at all. I looked at every single ingredient of every package of food that I ate and I became literally obsessed. When I started to get health problems, I started waking up three or four times in the middle of the night and I was like, oh, that's weird. Then I started to get food coming up into my mouth like three or four hours after I ate. And I was like, this is strange. And this is, what, three and a half years of no period. So I lost my period. I woke up at the end eight to ten times in the middle of the night, food coming up every after every meal. And I started to meditate and think to myself, my body is talking to me. Something isn't right. And so what did I do? Okay, I'm going to get healthier. So I started exercising more. I started eating less and thinking, okay, this is me getting healthier. I'm fixing the problem. I got skinnier than I'd ever been, fitter than I'd ever been. No, There was no body fat on me at all. And that was a problem, the way I was eating, the way I was exercising, and the way I was thinking. So now it became a problem on every single level. <laughs> and, you know, I still wasn't happy. I was like, I need to get fitter. I need to get stronger. I need to eat less. And that's when I said, there's something wrong. 
my body's talking to me and I'm not listening. So here I was going to doctor, Ayurvedic practitioner, hormone therapist and saying like, these are my symptoms. Something's not right. Someone help me. And everyone kept saying, many doctors were like, do you have an eating disorder? And I was like, no, I don't throw up. I don't starve myself. I eat, I exercise, I'm healthy. And they would be like, okay, well, maybe you should exercise a little little less and eat a little more. Me thinking, no way, that's not healthy. That's not the healthy way. And I seen three or four doctors over the, the course of those three years that I was committed to getting healthier. And I made my way to India at the beginning of 2020 to do an Ayurvedic cleanse, Panchakarma cleanse. It's a 21-day um, cleanse that you do in the cycle um, following the Ayurvedic practices. And while I was there, I followed a restricted diet. Um, some days would it be fasting, doing ghee, which is like medicated butter. And I was getting my blood test taken again and again, and I had another doctor look at it. And here I was, three months in, four months into my COVID-19 India lockdown. So just to give you a little backside, I was in India um, at the beginning of COVID and deciding, like, do I stay in India for a little while and then, then go back to Costa Rica? And I was contemplating that decision so long that actually um, Costa Rica closed its borders and I could no longer leave the country. Um, I could no longer leave India to enter my country, Costa Rica, where I lived because I wasn't a resident. I was you know, still under tourist visa. And I was like, okay, well, I guess I'm just going to stay here. So I chose to stay. And Anyways, one of the doctors says, you know, have you ever considered an eating disorder? And I was like, no. And then it hit me in a meditation I was doing. I was like, oh, this is a problem. Can't eat only two meals a day. Exercise more. Walk a little bit. Get your steps in. Do more exercise. Don't eat this type of food. You can't have those ingredients. And I was like, you're obsessed you do have an eating disorder. And I was like, oh no. So I found this doctor, Nicole. She is the author of No Period, Now What? And her recipe was gain weight and don't exercise at all. So here I was, the girl that, you know, did yoga, surfing, and high-intensity training all in one day to no exercise at all, going from eating, you know, very little calories to at least 3,000 calories a day. And I started gaining weight. It was easy at first because I wanted my period back. I wanted these symptoms to go away more than anything. So I went all in. Except then people started saying things to me at the ashram. You're gaining weight. I think you'll be the only client here that ever leaves heavier. And it was just hitting me. The first time, it was okay. It's like they don't understand. The second time, I, I called my coach, my mentor, who was guiding me through this process. She helped me. And then the next time I got angry and I cried. And I got so angry. And then it came time to return back home. I had to go back home. And I was like, oh no. Here I was, 30 pounds heavier. The heaviest I'd been since I was 14 when I gained all that weight from uh, my menstrual cycle starting. And it was like I was heavy and I was so ashamed and so scared to go back home. I didn't want people to see me. I was the fit girl. 
I was the one with the body everyone wanted. And I went home. And to my, my surprise, I was shocked. Extremely shocked. Why? Because people said, Amber, you're glowing. There's this shine, this radiation that you have to you. You look so happy. You look so free. And there was no judgment. If anything, there was this acceptance, this glory, this appreciation. And I was like, I'm accepted and I'm loved. Oh, and my body has nothing to do with it. Oh my gosh. I was just shaken to the core. And it's been such an amazing journey to see where it all began as a young girl. And here I am now. I probably lost around 12, 13 pounds since that happened. And most of my symptoms are gone. Food doesn't come up. I've had my period now. I can have babies. I'm healed. And I might be heavier than when I started. I might not have that idealized body that I wanted. But my body's going back to its idolized size where it defines healthy. And I'm just eating and moving my body in balance and still dancing. I'll be real, because that's how I am. Some days I wish I was skinnier. Other days I eat a little less and I exercise too much. And then I remember that the purpose of my life here isn't to be a certain shape or size, but it's to be an example of what it means to prioritize ourselves and our health. And so that's my commitment. Learning to love my body as it is while I nourish it and I move it in a way that's going to allow me to live a long time. And so that's my story. But what I've found is I just had a yoga retreat, six, seven women. Not one of them, including myself, hasn't wished their body was different. You look at someone's body and you love it. You want it. And they don't. They want something else. They want something different. Why is it that we all crave a different body than our own when God, universe, gave us this gift to experience life, this temple, and it's society? If you go back and you look at centuries, our body shape as women has been idolized in all different shapes and sizes. Some are curvy and thick. Others are six-packs and really tight. Other times it's big boobs and big butts. And what we have to realize is that every body is beautiful. And it doesn't matter what anyone else thinks. What matters the most is what we think and what we feel. When I went to Italy with my sister and I was there, we were eating like crap. <laughs> we were enjoying pizza, pasta, and ice cream every single day. I had gelato twice a day, okay? <laughs> and what I realized in that time is I didn't really gain much weight, but I felt heavy and like crap. And I was like, oh, I don't eat pizza, pasta, and ice cream every day because it's quote-unquote bad. I don't eat it every day because it makes me feel like crap. And so now when I eat, I'm not restricting sugars. I'm not restricting certain carbs. I'm eating in a way that's balanced. There's three different food groups that we hold. You know, it's the fats, protein, and carbs. We need all three to have a delicious, healthy meal. We need to nourish our bodies so that we can live a long time. 
And it's not what society tells us is healthy. Your body is the number one indicator. Because if you asked anyone intermittent fasting, eating less sugar, exercising, that's supposed to be good. But my body was saying, no, Amber, this isn't healthy. As a woman, our fifth vital sign is our menstrual cycle. And of course, like at first, not having my period was like, this is great. This is awesome. Especially for someone that used to have periods so bad I would throw up. I was excited. But eventually I had to start listening. My body was talking. It was not healthy. Even though society, even though other people thought that it was. And so it doesn't matter what you eat, how you eat, or how you move, as much as it matters that you're listening to the signs of your body and how it makes you feel. So many of us, myself included, get obsessed with eating these certain fad diets or following these certain eating timeline rules when what we should be doing is listening to what the body asks for. If you're craving something, there's a reason for it. Now, I'm not saying every single day if you're crazy, craving ice cream and sugar that you should follow that sign because that could be an addiction as well. What I'm saying is yoga is the art of listening. So when you begin to develop and think about this relationship that you have with food, you have to learn to listen. Eating disorders, body image, over-exercising, addiction to being healthy is such a, a large problem because food has to be in our lives as long as we're here in this world. So we have to learn to listen and to fuel our body with energy, food source that's healthy, that's organic, that's balanced, that's listening to what your body needs when your body needs it. You know, now I don't exercise every day. Some days I surf. Some days I do yoga. Some days I train with weights. Some days I walk. And guess what? Amber, it's okay some days to not do anything at all. <laughs> and for me, that's really hard. But if I'm tired and my body says to rest, I rest. I used to be the girl that would wake up at 4 a.m. to get my exercise in before my 10, 12-hour day of travel. That just happened. I traveled from Costa Rica to Colorado. My, my plane, I had to leave by 6 a.m. I didn't get to my sister's house till 12. Normally, I would do laps in the airport walking, do my early morning exercise before I left the airport. I did nothing. And this time, I felt good about it. I was like, wow, Amber, you've really come so far. And if, if there's anything that you take away from this episode today is contemplate about your relationship with your body. What do you love about your body? What parts or areas have you struggled to love? What is your relationship to food? Are you one that is restricting or time restricting? Is there a mind obsession? Because this is the yoga practice. If there's anything that I can share with you is yoga is a practice in every area of your life, especially with your body, with your food, and with your overall health. So my invitation for you is to contemplate what is your relationship with food. And please, please, please share with me. I want to hear. I want to know more because that's my journey is to help you, you to help me help others, to practice more self-love, 
and self-love when it comes to our bodies and loving the sacred body that we've been given. Remember, the most sacred, intimate, and long-lasting relationship you will ever have in this lifetime is the one you have with yourself. Let's together start watering, nourishing, and loving who we are, where we are, so that we can have a bigger impact on the planet where we are full of energy, joy, and ear-grinning happiness. Happiness that you desire and you deserve. We'll do it together. One breath, one step, one practice at a time. And again, if you enjoyed this episode, help it reach more people by sharing it on your social media outlets with your friends and heading over to iTunes to leave a five-star review. And I will see you for the next episode. And I want to thank you. I really appreciate you tuning in and listening to this podcast. It's an honor to know that people are listening and gaining value while generating their own insights. For more actionable tools and practices, head over to my Facebook group, www.facebook.com groups slash yoga for inner peace to learn more practices that you can put into your toolbox to reduce stress, build confidence, and create a community of other women who are like you wanting to better their lives, to better their communities. Thank you again for being here. And if you're on social, post a photo of you listening to this and tag me, Amber Hagberg, so we can hang out online and continue growing this relationship, first from the inside and then from the outside. I'll see you on the next episode.